Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Hello listeners and welcome back to yet again another episode of the Beautiful Game Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Butch, and I'm joined by my faithful two co-conspirators, Dot and Dej, gents. What's going on, man? Yo, 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 Butch, man, I'm good, man, I'm good. I had a headache over the weekend, so after yeah. that Liverpool game, I just went bed, man. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> you were screaming at the top of your lungs at like, full time yeah. as well, innit? No, not even because my head was hurting, so yeah. I didn't even so enjoy even, even, You couldn't? <laughs> I was watching the game with one eye, oh, but yeah, man, I got the win, ones. obviously, so I'm gassed. Good, good. Did you take anything for the for the headache? Yeah, well, Tunj gave me a painkiller, but it didn't do much, to be honest, man. Shout out, thanks, thanks for trying. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that, man. How about you, Dej? How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good, Budge. Happy to be here, you know, linking up with the lads as usual. Yeah, yeah, Obviously, yeah. six is a number that's synonymous with Liverpool right now, mm. and we're riding the crest of a wave. That's it, that's it. I know, especially after that... Um, we saw that clip on Twitter of you scoring that master blaster, top bins, hey, Bush, left foot, sweet, sweet <laughs> left foot there. Hey, Bush, that's standard, man. Like, oh, is that normal, yeah? Is yeah, that, is yeah. that it goes down every Sunday, yeah? yeah. Like, you come Saturday, football yeah. regularly, you'll be seeing me slamming them in, you know? Yeah. I've got my detractors at ball, shout out Ajim. But, you know, I'm a top baller. And yeah. no, no, that yeah. game was, it was a good game, man. That was the first time I played in a minute. So yeah. it's good. It's good to be back on the pitch, man. No, yeah, you put in a performance, though. Yeah, I mean, safe, man. we were losing the game. <laughs> you know, last minute, Doc plays me a long, long ball. Okay, I control it. Not I a long ball, over. a long pass. People think I did it. People think you're yeah, Sean Dyke. Dyke. Somewhere, Dyke. Some edges up there somewhere. Let me just hoof it in it. <laughs> yeah, Doc played me a nice ball, and I yeah. just lifted it over the oncoming George. You know, he was stranded yeah, in goal. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, it's a relationship that spanned over 16 years on the pitch, yeah, and that football it shows itself. Of course, of course. What's funny is that I made a mistake before that, but for the propaganda of the podcast, we won't mention that. <laughs> of course, you gotta keep the agendas running. Though. Of course, of course. Okay, man. So cool. Let's 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 um let's let's dive straight into it. Of course, there were loads of very interesting results at the weekend. 
Um, I think the only place to start is Super Sunday. There were, you know, a tasty handful of, of, of fixtures for us to sink our teeth into. And let's start off with the, the biggest and, and, and most important of those games this weekend. Obviously, Chelsea hosted the uh, European champions. Thank you, Budge. I'm learning. <laughs> yes, Budge. You've got yeah. the memo after three, four weeks. Hallelujah. This is, this is it. So, of course, Chelsea, Chelsea hosted you guys. Um, mm. and, and you, you know, you came and took all three points, winning uh, 2-1. Before we wax lyrical about how unstoppable Liverpool are currently, <laughs> yeah. I want to start off with Chelsea. The good and the bad points for Chelsea, because there certainly were good points mm-hmm. yeah. and, and positives to take from that game. So let's start with analysing their performance. Um, tough one to judge. I think from a personal standpoint, I think that was the best I've seen Chelsea tactically in mm-hmm. a four. Mm-hmm. Um when I've watched them previously, I saw a lot of space in the middle of the pitch. But obviously, if you if you take away the Super Cup game, I'm talking about Premier League games. Mm-hmm. When I looked at them yesterday, they looked like they had a better structure to their play. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at the beginning of the game, I thought there was going to be, you know, space in the middle for Liverpool to exploit consistently. Mm-hmm. But in terms of how the game progressed, Chelsea seemed to, to find space when they were trying to penetrate Liverpool mm-hmm. and throughout the first half and also the second half Jorginho had the ball a lot in that deep position and there was a lot of time for him to you know knock it over the top and get Liverpool running backwards mm-hmm. um, I, I would say Lampard got his tactics right but then it's about you know perfecting the tactics which Chelsea didn't do mm-hmm. yeah and but that, thought, that takes time don't you but, think oh, of I course mean, it takes time for me what we mm-hmm. saw in the game was two teams at different ends of their projects. Mm-hmm. Liverpool at the maturation stage of where course. we're expecting results, trophies. Mm-hmm. Chelsea are, what, two months into the it? Development. Two months yeah, into the development. Course, so course. we're seeing Lampard trying to implement these tactics. And to be fair, they were good for a point yesterday. Mm-hmm. For me, if we're looking solely at Chelsea, yeah. I thought they approached the game in the right manner. And they had more possession than Liverpool, which is what Lampard would have wanted. Mm-hmm. But I think they're still lacking. They lack that cutting edge. Okay. And Tammy Abraham had a chance 1v1 with Alisson. Had he scored, I think would have made it 1-1, I believe, or 2-1 two, two, to Liverpool. Mm. I think those are the chances that in the next 12 to 18 months, he's going to want to be burying. Yeah, Because yeah. he's proven so far to me, mm-hmm. he's a Premier League player. But whether he's a top, top Premier League player like Ala Drogba, mm-hmm. you know, the proof still needs to be in the pudding. Yeah, well, to be honest, Tammy is he's really young. So you of can't course. expect him to, you know, deliver week in, week mm. out I right said 12 now. to 18 months. I mean, like mm. when you look at Rashford, it's been five years and he's still pretty inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But obviously not to digress, going back to the game, I think... Um, <laughs> I know you're bad, you're bad. You are, you are. You've started to digress stuff already. <laughs> um, yeah. No, but um, going back to the game, I feel that, as Dead said, I echo the same views that it's two teams at different stages of their development. Mm-hmm. And the things that Chelsea did well is that they saw that Liverpool's fullbacks were, you know, they, they were left by themselves because Mane and Salah, they're not going to track back as much as, you know, like workaholics. Mm. So I think Mane is, I think Salah... Yeah, but I still of... think like Mane's priority is to mm. attack. And I think Klopp encourages the players mm. to actually, you know what, let's take the risk. I feel yeah. like Robertson and Trent, especially with Henderson on that right side of the midfield, he can cover mm. yeah, um, yeah. as well and, f- and plug the gap. And I just feel that um, Klopp feels that Robertson 
attack or defense. He's just elite at both of fa- both phases of the game. So I feel that Chelsea, you know, they were switching the ball really early to yeah. try and get it one v one and cross the ball and. The thing is about Alonso is that his delivery wasn't the best yesterday. Mm. And he's someone that you would think, of course. if he puts it mm. on that left foot, he's going to put it on yeah. the money and mm. possibly find Tammy Abraham's head. Mm. But the thing is, is that Matip and VVD are so aerially dominant. So it's going to be difficult to, mm. for um, Tammy to manoeuvre space to get the mm. better of them. But I just feel with the with the little aspects, like the you know tactical fouls and the you know, when to foul in the right position. Chelsea don't have that to a T, whereas Liverpool, they know when to take a yellow mm-hmm. card and they know how to navigate a game. Mm-hmm. Well, Chelsea, Chelsea, I still think they're learning, but it's all part of the development. Mm-hmm. Chelsea are still learning, to be fair. They're still in their infancy of their, you know, stages under mm-hmm. Frank Lampard. But a player who impressed me was Tomori. Mm-hmm. I thought he grew into the game. Mm-hmm. There was a stage in the first half, I think Salah was running up against him. <laughs> and he was like a sitting duck. He was backing mm-hmm. up. He didn't know what to do. But second half, he won that battle. Mm-hmm. We have to be honest. And to be fair, I thought Chelsea done a lot in negating Liverpool's play. Okay. I think Kante as well coming back. Mm-hmm. I was speaking. Big, he was a big miss, wasn't he? Big, big yeah. miss. I was speaking to Eben, a big Chelsea fan. He went to the game and he was saying, you know what? There's murmurs saying that Kante is going to start. And I was saying, you know what? That's not a bad shout. Mm. Kante is probably the one player in world football that he could be out for four to six months and you won't recognise it. Mm. You say that, but I feel that for the first 50 minutes, I think he was pretty poor. If you watch Mm. the game back, because I caught it earlier today again. Mm. And I think for the first 50 minutes, he was giving the ball away a lot. And then Mm. he grew into the game later. Mm. Yeah, but that's Kante to a T. Growing into the game, getting Mm. stronger. I mean, the goal that he scored, I mean... Fabinho, we have to be honest, he looked like he was running in mud. I mean, he, he, he couldn't run. I mean, it was yeah. similar like to the Super Cup tie as well yeah, when, yeah. you know, Liverpool beat Chelsea. Mm. But yeah, that goal was mesmerising. And again, Lampard reverted to maybe Sarri tactics, playing Jorginho in the front, Kante bursting on mm. in the midfield. And yeah, but we, we see saw- that Lampard likes that, man. He likes that. That's his preferred tactic to have Jorginho deep and mm. Kante as the box-to-box with yeah. license to get forward into the box. Yeah, when Kante plays, over the past few weeks, we've seen him revert to a three at the back or mm. five at the back. And Kante, that was a sweet, sweet strike, man. So Chelsea, although they lost the fight, they can win the war. Because when you speak to Chelsea fans, they're like, we don't mind that. We can see what we're trying to do. Yeah, we're yeah. seeing improvements. But the one thing, you're not going to achieve anything without winning at home. And Chelsea have not won at home this season. So, so that needs correcting. Yeah. yeah. Just on the topic of Lampard... Um, I think this is interesting, especially to this is this is aimed at you, Dot. Because <laughs> those we get some cool, stick yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, they say you know, no, man. They say no want some answers, bro. Yeah, you know, you've been you've been you've been you've been, you've been called to question on uh, <laughs> called your to stance, the dot. your stance on Lampard. Um, the, the you know, is the, tapped. The, <laughs> you know, so so I, I think that the, the view and, and and feeling is that you felt that. Lampard wasn't the right appointment and wasn't the right man for the Chelsea job at the start of the season. Mm. So I want to... I, I, but what you know, Harry Garcia you, considered? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I think I remember that, actually. <laughs> 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 it's funny how things like, turn out, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's mad. Um, Football's mad. So what I want to find out from you, Dot, is has your stance changed at this point in time? Of course, it's still very, very early. In this in yeah. in the season, yeah. so we firstly, can only yeah. firstly, firstly, um, after the four 0 drop in at Old Trafford, I said um, I like Lampard. I mm-hmm. said he's a good manager. Um, 
where my concerns were was is he playing players because they're good enough or is he playing them because they're young mm-hmm. and what i've seen is that okay these players are actually good enough mm-hmm. and i'm happy to hold my hands up there but at the end of the day i'm gonna throw this question out to the table how many points do chelsea have <laughs> how many do they have how many eight you? nine oh, they, so they have eight points out of <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, to be fair, obviously to... they've got lowly points, but we're talking about we know it's the early stage of a you know of his mm. project, I'm, and I'm they've drew about... at home against but, but, Sheffield United, mm. lost against Man United. They've had a few poor results, mm. but this is the long game for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. You're not expecting to see results, of course. In a project, you want teams to be playing winning football and mm-hmm. seeing the style, but that's not always the case. Yeah, when... but is it only me that I feel that? As much as I like Lampard and I like what he's doing at Chelsea, he's getting praised for losing. Like, no. Let, at the end of the day, let, mm. let's let's call the spade a spade. Mm. Why is he getting praised? Because you can see a style of play. That should be the minimum out of football club. No, no, we need to remember the specific set of circumstances that Lampard is coming to the club. Indeed, losing your best player, having you have no money to spend, you're having to go to the youth. And he's coached these young players to be in a position where they can play Premier League football. And we have to be honest, they're delivering. Nothing to say. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) There was was a little hush there. But yeah, yeah, it's true. You've got to give Lampard his accolades. I know it's six, seven games in. But as I said, when you speak to Chelsea fans... There is a clear philosophy. Even at full time, you could see when... The fans, they stayed behind and they was giving like rapturous applauses. They're mm. like, you know what, we've lost. But we're judging ourselves against, this is probably the best team in mm. the world, if not the second best. So, of course, you don't expect to be on levels. You expect to see a little bit of a difference. And that mm. difference was minute on the day. Okay, fair point. Now, on the flip side, um, looking at Liverpool's performance, uh, the positives and the, and the negatives, um, what, what do you guys feel? about that performance the positive for me is that Liverpool probably played the worst that I've seen them this season Mm -hmm. and ended up winning Mm. and I said it before this season that Old Trafford and Stamford Bridge those are grounds now that you have to win at Mm -hmm. before they were probably one of the status quo away grounds where you could get away with a draw you're going there thinking you know what a point will be good Mm -hmm. but I thought you know before the game that Liverpool had to win and they did win you know, negatives, the front three weren't really cohesive. Maybe mm-hmm. their midweek exertions might have taken their yeah, toll. Yeah. But again, Liverpool are playing winning football. And and another thing I didn't like, I think we shut up shop too early in the game. Mm-hmm. I think you could see the time wasting from throws. I didn't think we needed to do that. Mm. Obviously, you could say that Liverpool are getting more streetwise. Mm. And, you know, they're wily old foxes now, which is good. But I think we should have continued playing our game. Mm-hmm. But there's one point I've also made before is that when Liverpool go 2 new up, I can go on my break and take a cigar <laughs> and come back and know that Liverpool win that game because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we're, we're good game front management runners. Yeah, game a, management. Yeah. So mm. that, that's a good thing about this Liverpool side and we're seeing them involve into a well-oiled machine and a multifaceted team okay. that can mm. win in different styles. Mm-hmm. You can blow teams away. You can get a goal and sit back and, yeah, mm. positive things all around. Mm. I think this is um, the next stage of the development of Jurgen Klopp's team and I feel that you know when he first came it was 100 miles per hour every game and that's not sustainable Mm -hmm. and that's when you pick up these nasty muscle injuries these nasty nasty injuries so I feel that 
for, for Salah, for Mane, for Firmino to manage a whole season, you've got to manage games better. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see like them taking rest in games. Once you go 2-0 up, that's it. The game's done. Mm-hmm. You don't actually need to score 3 and 4. You're playing against Chelsea. You know that Chelsea are going to have a spell in this game. Respect your opponent. Mm-hmm. Because if you go for that third and fourth and you don't get and you get counter-attacked, mm-hmm. you can be in big trouble against a team of Chelsea's quality. Yeah, but don't you think we set up shop too early? Like, Not second half... Because when, yeah. when the second mm-hmm. half started... I was like, raw, Liverpool have the bit between their teeth. They're trying to mm. put Chelsea to the sword here. And we're very close to doing that. I mean, mm. Kepa made two world-class mm-hmm. saves. Mm. One with Bobby Firmino and one where there was a ricochet, but it got flagged for offside, which mm. was wrongly offside. Mm. So the funny thing is, is, if that went in, that would, would have actually been chalked off because mm. the, the, um, whistle, the whistle yeah, was yeah. blown before the attack culminated. So I just feel like... Chelsea, Chelsea were always going to have a spell in that mm. game. And the thing is, I think where the problem was is that we allowed them to score too early. Mm. Um, so they scored in the 71st minute and then there was um, 20 minutes left and mm. you're going to come under siege. It's of course, very hard of to, to pick it back up. But I just feel that... I don't think I was ever in doubt that Liverpool were going to drop points there personally. I know mm. Chelsea had a few good chances mm. towards the end of the game. Mm. But people are saying that Mason Mount was a big chance, but it was a pretty, pretty difficult chance to be fair on his weaker foot but yeah at the end of the day sometimes you get the result and you get out of there of course and and, and that's that's, the job done that's one of those games where three points you take your points and go because Mm -hmm. a lot of teams are going to go to Stamford Bridge and drop points I mean we can't wrap up without talking about the two Liverpool goals I mean the first goal from Trent Alexander-Arnold, mm. even the play before from Mane to yeah, win the foul yeah. was exquisite play. I mean, you know, the flick from Salah to create the angle for Trent Alexander-Arnold just to slam that ball mm. into the corner. That was... With De Bruyne-like. De Bruyne-like. And I mean, <laughs> when the ball is on the keeper's side and they don't get anywhere near it, that's where you know you can't do mm. anything about it. Uh, and it's funny because... Just to, you know, butcher us on Deji's plan. I think think those little minute details is what set like Liverpool and City apart. And just the way Mane manoeuvred himself to win that free kick. It was never not going to be a free kick. Of course. And the way Salah worked the angle for Trent to get a better opportunity to fire it into the net. All these Mm. little details in training, they add up to, to... Greatness, basically. Of course, these are the small 1% that so they talk yeah, about how can course. you get an advantage over your opponent. opponent. Mm-hmm. And also for the second goal, I mean, it was similar play. Again, mm. Working the angle, Robbo whips it in yeah. and see mm-hmm. si Senor. Firmino yeah. saw the, the space and he moved into it. Bang, 2-0. Game's Hedda. taken away from you. Mm. Definitely. Cool. Um, um, I think we, whilst we're on the topic of goals, of course, you know, we, there were two very well-taken goals from... Uh, from Liverpool, yep. there was one uh, yeah. that was that was chalked off, and Rightly perhaps so. and perhaps if it had stood, the result could have been very different. But that's what we're going to be saying with VAR. Mm. I mean, what VAR does in majority of cases, there's probably one incident that we're going to talk about later on. Mm-hmm. But in that incident, you know, Mason Mount was offside, mm. so there's nothing really, albeit people... marginal. But... Marginal. No, yeah. The technology. I think when you can see it. Without a straight line, mm. I think, let, let's be honest, it's, it's pretty much offside. Mm. That was clear. Where the problem is, is the phases. Yes. Mm. Um, last season, I remember when they were analysing Liverpool's goal mm. against Southampton. They were saying that after a amount of seconds, the the phase ends and now you're in the new phase. So you can't address the offside anymore because mm-hmm. you're in the new phase. Mm. And the thing is, is about the Chelsea goal is that a lot of things happened after mm. that offside 
for the goal. So people were arguing that maybe this is the second phase of the play. So how do we say, okay, first phase is over, here's the second phase. So it's That's a judgment where, call. Yeah, it's so a judgment call. And it depends on the referee at Stockley Park to decide, okay, mm. this is a new phase. But it's not going to be consistent. Of course. And as we saw, it was the right decision, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. you know, there can't be any complaints. And I don't think Chelsea fans are complaining either. Yeah, I guess with with the, with the, the, the matter of VAR, you win some, you lose some. I think it will, <laughs> it will all even itself out throughout the course of the season, you hope anyway. Cool. Let's move on now. Um, another game uh, of the Super Sunday was Arsenal, who hosted uh, <laughs> Aston Villa at uh, the Emirates and had a life and death right up <laughs> yeah. until the, the, uh, the, the full-time whistle. Um, of course, managing to, to to win the game and take all three points, courtesy of um, you know a last minute goal from from the the, the, the talisman at the moment, Aubameyang. I mean, mm. let's get it right. The last ten minutes, you know. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I haven't got a stat to hand now, but I'm sure mm. if you look at the last maybe 15, 20 goals that Arsenal mm. have scored, he's had a hand in ninety plus percent of 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 those goals, mm. and he came to save the day yet again. Yeah, um, I think. You know, looking at the the, the game and, and the way both teams were playing, um, and all of the different um, you know uh, talking points throughout the game, um, maybe Villa walk away feeling a bit hard done by, and, and maybe a, 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 a draw would have been a, fair, a fairer result. But at the end of the day, at this point in time, it's all about the getting the three points on the on the board after after all. Mm. Um, so yeah, guys, what are your thoughts on on that game? I mean, Tyrone Mings, what are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I think he cost he cost Aston Villa the game. I mean, mm. they were two one up, um, poor header clearance, and it culminates in Chambers knocking it in. And I was thinking, yeah, Aston Villa, they're they're hundred percent losing this game from that moment. You really, yeah, you yeah, yeah, the minute lose. it was two two, you can tell last ten minutes. Arsenal attacking and you know Aston Villa they don't have the quality to withstand the pressure of Arsenal but even ten with men, 10 men yeah, yeah regardless mm. of the 10 men I, I knew that Arsenal were going to win that game and I said it in the group chat they, they will win mm. and they did yeah to be fair Aston Villa this is the second time this week they found themselves against you know stricken opponents mm-hmm. that have been down to 10 men and they've done <laughs> nothing mm. you know taking the lead through that you know nicely worked John McGinn goal yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know not with Aston Villa, you get this flaky feel. Mm-hmm. They take the leads, but they can't seem to handle <laughs> and hold on. And mm-hmm. I think this naivety might cost them. You mm-hmm. know, going 1-0 up, you'd think, wow, you know, they can do something here. Then obviously a penalty, which was a penalty. Great play from Gwendozi, the mm-hmm. young lad. I mean, he had a stormer of a game. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Sort special of, talent, that boy. Mm-hmm. He sort of took the mantelpiece and said, you know what? None of you are stepping up to the plate. I'm going to step up to yeah. the plate. And he showed some balls, you know, mm. winning that penalty. Then also, I have to say, it's good play or good gesture from Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Mm-hmm. He saw his mate struggling with confidence. Mm. A man that scored nine or ten goals from the penalty spot last season. And with Pepe, I was a bit worried from an Arsenal standpoint mm. because when he makes contact with a ball, he like clips his heel. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so I was, I was yeah, worried. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know, when you're short of confidence, the name of the game straight down the middle. Yeah, exactly, That's what he done. Exactly. And, 90 seconds after, yeah. you know, I saw David Luiz playing out from the back. To be fair, it was a good ball. Mm. I'm not going to fault him, but Callum Chambers didn't have, you know, great technique to mm. take the ball in his grass. Then Jack Grealish went on a mazy run. Mm. Then, you know, Moraes got in front of, you know, David Luiz again mm. to finish. Then you're thinking, oh, at it again. Yeah, Arsenal struggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as we've got ourselves back into the game, we found finish? ourselves... Mm. Yeah, very good finish. Wesley. Mm. Yeah, mm. Yeah, so just just to go back to the game, um, 
I call it struggle ball, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah I call it struggle ball. Um, the did thing your, is, did is your Pepe is, agenda continue now that he's got a goal? What's my agenda? Good, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an agenda. That's then said. I agree. Like when he makes contact with the ball, you don't know if it's gonna hit his heel or his shin. <laughs> but yeah, it's good to to get you know off the mark. But mm-hmm. I think the next one is yeah. Let's get your first open play yes, goal. Yes, yeah, so that's yeah, gonna yeah. be the next question mark, and that's what we're gonna be looking out for now. Yeah. But I feel. Yeah, Gwenduzi, he had a brilliant performance. Uh, only managed to catch highlights, obviously. Um, Shaka, I heard he played like a criminal again. Shaka, I mean, let's just be honest, he's shit. <laughs> I mean, we have to be honest, Shaka is like, you know, having security at your house and leaving the front door open. It's no protection whatsoever. And I, I've got a question. Why does Emre keep flogging him out? He played midweek. In the first three minutes, I saw him play a baggy pass out, which got intercepted. Mm. And today you're starting him. I yeah, don't understand. What's happening yeah. with Torreira? Yeah. Because, because with Shaka, when I think of, obviously he's your captain, but when I think of a captain, I look at three things. Are they a leader? With Shaka, obviously, no. I'm, I, I, to be fair, I'm not sure, innit? Because mm. I don't, I'm not, I'm not privy to the Arsenal cap. Mm. I don't know what's mm. going on in the mm. insides. Mm. So that one, I can't question on. Do they lead by example on the football pitch? That's one that I can certify and say no. Of course. Yeah. And does he make everyone else play better? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. So why, what books is he ticking to continually be the captain for Arsenal Football Club? I'm not sure. To be fair, Shaka, he seems to me someone that shirks responsibility. And in the Arsenal camp, I don't think there's any players that will point at him and say, oh, Shaka, you played poor. You're meant to do this. You're meant to do that. Mm. There's no real accountability yeah. in the Arsenal dressing room. I mean, when you look around the camp, who can be a captain? I saw James Ultimate. Benji make a piece and he was saying that Obama Yang, like, this is your captain. He's mm. standing up and being counted at the moment. And the thing is, like, there's some managers that give captain to the best player. He's the best player at Arsenal. Mm-hmm. You don't have any leaders in the camp. You mm. don't have anyone that sets great examples. So mm. give it to him. He's your best player. Yeah. Uh, and he leads by example. This is the thing. With, with the whole issue on um, Xhaka being captain, I, I do certainly feel like it is out of circumstance rather than his abilities um, to lead the team. Mm. Um, and I think perhaps um, giving the armband to someone else at this point in time might be... it. it I think it might be too much of a change-up. Um, well, and, and a shock to a system, yeah. Um I think in some ways he tried to start to do this with the whole five captain thing, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I don't really understand myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we that might, makes it sense. Could, it could, but it with could, Arsenal, yeah. you haven't got the five captains. With, with, with Liverpool, it, it's, it's it could work. It, yeah, yeah. It, it's basically forcing it. Um, but I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where we stand with that come the end of the season. I really don't understand why he continues to persist with Xhaka. I understood it at the, maybe the first few games of the season whilst Torreira was lacking uh, fitness, but I'm sure he's up to speed now, so he should really yeah, be starting should, more games. And it's, it's, it's another uh, instance where there is an issue that is glaringly obvious to everyone but the manager. Mm-hmm. Even when Xhaka was substituted in that game, everyone was cheering uh, uh, and applauding. Booze, yeah. You know, it's like... Everyone can see that what we need in the middle of the park is someone who can uh, uh, tackle, win the ball back, 
um, someone who's mobile. And it's not even just in the game yesterday, but on so many other occasions, Xhaka has shown that he's not mobile. He gets on the wrong... He doesn't get goal side of, 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 of the people that he's marking. He has lapses in concentration. He gives away fouls, gives away penalties. I don't know. The writing's on the wall. I don't know what else you need. Have you seen but what Emery's come reason, out and said? He said... Shaka is a player that we're counting on. We've got full trust in him. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, to but be I honest, think I remember him saying, know, he's saying similar to Mustafi, and then he dropped <laughs> him the ne- and then he dropped yeah. him the next game. So maybe that man is a vote yeah, of confidence. Yeah, mm-hmm. But Perhaps. to be fair, I think for me, this still pays over the cracks for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. I think there's still questions that need to be asked of Unai Emery. Of course, I'm struggling to think what he does. For me, he's like a Rafa Benitez but a shit one <laughs> we, we have to be honest I don't know his plan he says I want to be pragmatist yeah, but he plays yeah. antagonistic football his yeah. football is he doesn't know whether to stick or twist when he came into Arsenal he said oh, I'd rather win games 5-4 than 1-0 yeah, but, that's really scary yeah and when <laughs> you look at the really Arsenal defence none of them for me are defenders Kalasinac mm-hmm. he wants to attack Louise, yeah. he just wants to play football nice football Socrates, you can make an argument that he's maybe the only defending that back erratic. Erratic. Maitland Niles, he hasn't got his identity yet. Is he a fullback? Is he a winger? Is he a central midfielder? So in that back department, they're struggling. And you've got Shaka trying to govern that defence. It's not going to work. So it's going to... The blind leading the blind, honestly. mm, It's going to end in tears. So, (laughs) I mean, I saw some interesting things, uh, murmurs coming at Arsenal this week about Freddie Lundberg. Mm -hmm. Apparently, the players really like him. They respond to him. And I just think if Emre leaves, I think he might be the man to come into the hot seat and and fill that void. That would be an interesting one. Of course, you know, Freddie Lundberg is... Is a, a a guy who who has a lot of respect within the Arsenal camp, of course, given you know his his um, history with the club, um, and uh, in particular, you know he was brought in as the deputy to Emery to to transition those young players from yeah. the academy into the first team, and we're seeing. A lot of them being integrated, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, Saka mm-hmm. uh, started yep. the game. We're seeing Joe Willock playing more yep. frequently now. Yep. Um, Emil Smith Rowe will come back and he'll, um, you know, play a few games. I think throughout the course of the season. Yep. So that 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 certainly will be an, an, an interesting one to um, to see. I know we also put out the um, the, the tweet on uh, the the manager we feel will be most likely to uh, uh, get the sack um, first. And just wanted to, uh, you know, basically segue into that really quickly. <laughs> yeah, that just, was a good poll. Yeah, just a, 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 shout, a shout out to everyone who engaged with that. We thank yeah. you for that. It's still up um, and, and running. So if you haven't yet seen it and you haven't yet shared your your view and your opinion on it, please do so on our on our Twitter page. Um, but uh, it, it, in, in essence, it was basically just asking which of these following managers are most likely to get the sack first. It was Zidane, Emery, Solskjaer and Valverde. Mm. And I, it, it was a bit it's, of an interesting one. So far, far. Fun. Um, the the thing is about Oli is that he's driving, but he's driving on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> so, <laughs> but from what from what I see, it seems that Man United are going to give him time. But I think Man United are giving him time because they're happy with mediocrity now. That's personally how I feel. I think any club that wants to be serious should act as soon as possible mm-hmm. because you can clearly see he's not the right man I know no, but think to, time to, and no, with investment <laughs> he can bridge the gap um, with you know with with the with the right setup. but I feel that 
let's be honest, like he's in, he's incompetent. If we're, if we're totally honest, here. yeah, I think again, I'm not sure if you both saw the video from Rio Ferdinand. I think some Man United fans came around the car. Oh, all he needs to go. And Ferdinand was like, Oh, what do you mean? So you just want to go on to the next manager? Give a man time. Mm-hmm. In two weeks' time, if that manager comes in, mm-hmm. oh, you want him what to I get don't sacked? Like is that but, this this logic that the you know the ex pro has of like. Oh, that's not part of Man United's philosophy. That's not part of Man United's principle. Sorry, the game has changed. You of guys course. are dinosaurs now. Forget it. Like the game has moved yeah, on. What, what I will if say, a manager is not delivering. They should be sacked. You, what What I'm saying is the fact is Man United. Do you think Do you think it's a good setup? Is it a setup <laughs> that is conducive to winning trophies? I know we're going to digress into the game yeah, later yeah, on, yeah, but yeah. I want to save my chat for that. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about Oli, out of that list, he yeah. should be the first manager gone. I think. You have to call into question Spain. I think it's between yeah. Zidane well, and Valverde. This is I mean, it because you look at the assets that are at yeah, the disposal of those yeah. two managers. How the war chest that Zidane was awarded mm. in the summer, mm. the investment that's gone into that team. You know, surely he would be higher up the list in terms of managers who are at risk of losing their jobs than someone like Oli, for example. I think no, it's not. Valverde because, okay, I Val- mean, mm. I just spoke to a Spanish correspondent yeah. and this guy just keeps slamming his head against the wall yeah. saying, Valverde, when is this man going to leave our he's club? He's so angry, he's tweeting in Spanish <laughs> yeah. now. He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah he's, tweeting, he's tweeting in Spanish. <laughs> and he said to me, Dej, you know what? This guy, he's making our players worse. <laughs> blah, blah. Messi doesn't look the same, even though yeah. he's coming back from injury yeah. Griezmann doesn't look the same and you're losing to like Granada mm. drawing away to Mallorca you're not winning in style I mean the writing was on the wall in that epic you know Champions League semi-final mm. last year they haven't recovered mm-hmm. it's as simple as that we've seen the results they look a shell and a shadow of themselves mm. and they're only just lucky that they've got two other you know teams that are stuttering in the league with Atletico Madrid mm-hmm. and Real Madrid but I think out of that list I think Valverde I mm. think Valverde he's, should he's should be to. the the first one sacked. Yeah, he's mm. had enough time to you know deliver a consistent brand of football, and they just they just, just suck. Yeah, <laughs> they, they suck. suck. <laughs> they suck. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. So obviously we touched uh, briefly on um, the situation of Oli at United, um, and that he was of course included in that list, given the fact that you know, like as we said in the poll, um, we're looking at recent performances and recent results. Now, obviously, the most recent one for United was the fact that they travelled um, to West Ham and they lost 2-0 um, away from home. Um, so that's, of course, like, like, like we mentioned, why Oli was included in that list. Mm. So, guys, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on that game? Was, was that a, a result that um, told the tale of the actual 90 minutes or um, should it have been a different result? Um, I only watched the extended highlights, um, but... I'm not shocked. Um, I predicted the game to be a 1-0 win to West Ham and it was 2-0. I want to ask this question to Dej actually and ask him like, can you see progression in Man United from last season to this Mm -hmm. season? Can you see any sort of progression? First of all, before I answer that question, when we look at the 11 major absentees, key players, Mm -hmm. Martial, Pogba, Luke Shaw, and no investment. I mean, Man United, it's like they're setting Oli up to fail for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, let me read out their front four for you. Marcus Rashford, James, Mata, Pereira, West Ham, Felipe Anderson, Haller, Yarmolenko, Fornals, 
Don't ever ask you that question. Which front <laughs> four would you rather take? If you're picking a team and you, and you oh had to pick, God. which one would you pick? Probably West Ham. Probably exactly. West Ham. I don't think it's clear cut. Let's, let's yeah, be honest. But yeah. the thing is, is that... So how can it look, be uh, close between West Ham and Man United? This is how much the mighty have fallen. And as mm-hmm. much as Man United fans say, oh, Lukaku shit. If you have Lukaku in that game, he's the type of player in that game that can ease out a clutch moment. Mm-hmm. We saw him in the Milan derby over the weekend, <laughs> knocking in the goals, looking happy. I mean, yeah, but Man United, surely Oli took that decision to sell Lukaku. Come on, man. It's either, it's either him or the board. Apparently, the fact that Lukaku didn't see himself as central to the plans, he went to the club and said, yes, I want to move. And which is okay. Sanctioned it and said, "Okay, we will let you move." Which he is must okay. Have put full faith in Rashford and Martial to deliver this season for him to allow that, Lukaku to go. That 100%. might be the case. That might be the case. But at the end of the transfer window, we did see Man United being linked with centre forwards, which suggests that Oli wasn't okay with it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Martial and Rashford, I don't know the number of games, but they they haven't played a lot of games. They're mm-hmm. injury prone. They're not robust. So these guys, you can't rely on them. Dad, when is it going to get into your head that Oli's incompetent? Fam, he may well be, <laughs> but the board are as incompetent. Yeah, I, and, I, I, and we saw Patrice Evra. No, no, no. We saw Evra after the game come out and say, you know what, board, if you want my help, I'm here. <laughs> he's someone that cares about the club. Yeah. He's part and of he the can team, see, actually. He's in Man United. Yeah, he's in the camp, mm. but he's not mm. got an official role. Mm-hmm. And for him to be saying that, that shows that it's not just the manager. Yeah, he's been set up to fail. It's I, simple. I, okay, it's as simple I, as that. Fair enough, I agree with that, but... When you see a team, you're meant to see a certain philosophy. Mm. And with Oli, I don't get that. I don't mm-hmm. get. I don't see an identity. I don't. I don't see a style of play on a weekly basis. So, whereas like with Chelsea, there's a feel good factor. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you can see what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But when I watch Man United, I just feel that well, what's going on here? There's no passing patterns. Mm. There's no, you know, overloads. They focus play on Aaron Wan Bissaka. That's incompetent in attack. Mm. And I just feel that what is going on in training, like. I don't see it. If I mean, Pogba's not there, they can't create. Yeah, that's the problem. I and mean, when you look at their three central midfielders, Matic, McTominay, Mata, I mean, these are guys mm. that can only probably run at five, mi- five miles per hour. <laughs> They're slow. Yeah. You're yeah, not but... going to get energy. And Oli has said that he wants to play a fast-paced football. With these players, come on. This is like a League Cup team. Third round League mm. Cup team. You can <laughs> see this team and think, you know what? That's okay. That's calm. Yeah, that's yeah. that's. That's Oli's fault. He 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 got rid of the, the squad players mm. and didn't replace them. No, but that's not him. It's not solely him. He, he works he as part of the final team, saying, huh? board members, Ed Woodward. Mm. And I think until they employed, because, there was murmurs saying that, you know, Van der Sar might come in to come and help and do what he done in his feigned role at Ajax. They need that type of strategy. Mm. Sacking the manager is not going to solve the problem. The problem is deeper than that. Well, I think of course, the problem, of course the problem is deeper than that, but... Like, Fred is a £60 million player. Mm. Improve him. Mm. Is there one player you can tell me at that Man United squad that Oli has improved? Forget the board, forget the Ed Woodward. Mm. Who in that Man United team has improved under Oli's tutelage? I would say Lindelof. I think he's had a decent... Has event. he improved? Yeah, I think he he's was, got better. He, no, he was one of Mourinho's best players before Mourinho got sacked. Yeah, has I'll, he really improved? I would say his even level was season, Even this season, I believe his level has dropped because he's been making a, quite a few mistakes this season. Well, who, who has improved in that team? Tell me. I would say Lindelof. I would say Daniel James has come in. He's had a good early vein of form. We can't argue about that. People were questioning before saying he looks like a one-trick pony. Mm. You can't sit there and say, oh, you know what? He hasn't improved. We, he hasn't we, shown no, we that don't, he's not decent. We don't, we don't know if he's improved. 
Yeah, but what he's doing at Man United, he wasn't even doing at Swansea. Okay, he's getting okay, the goals. Okay, he's Daniel taking James up his game a level uh, and in the international scene, he's delivering as well. Okay, yeah. and how many players have declined under Oli? <laughs> Who's declined? <laughs> Jesse Lingard. What's happened to him? He looks shot. His confidence looks shot. Let's be honest. Do we rate Jesse Lingard as I, a top level player? No, 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 no. That's not the question. Yeah. I'm saying who's improved. Jesse Lingard was actually a good player mm. a year ago. He was a very good player. Mm-hmm. I mean, third man, player, yeah, yeah, consistent yeah. third man run. What's happened to him? I swear he's injured now. He's not in the team. He's not in the team no more. Yeah, but uh, th- and that's the question from when you're picking your brains, mm. whether to yeah, but any players the, the issue that is shows that there's the a problem lack of and investment in mm-hmm. attacking areas. You've no, got rid of Alexis Sanchez. No, got rid of Lukaku. No, when you go past that, you're looking at bare bones. You're talking about Mason Greenwood. I agree. This is a youngster, a 17 year old. You can't expect him to come into the fold and deliver performances. There's huge pressure on the attacking department of the team, and they're short of bodies. Dej is going on a tangent. I agree that the squad is not good enough, but asking you within that squad who has improved I would say Daniel for, James for has when, improved yeah but from when, when you're nitpicking Lindelof, and struggling that shows that there's a problem with the coaching at that team and Oli is meant to be getting the best mm. out of his players and right now he's not getting the best out of those players none of not a single player at Man United you cannot tell me that a player is performing to their best level at Man United all I'm gonna that's, say that's just a Oli, fact. Oli may he may be incompetent I know people are oh, Oli, it's Oli shit. Mm-hmm. But for me, that's surface level. Mm-hmm. Let's look deeper. Mm-hmm. The Man United hierarchy is also as incompetent yeah, as Oli. I was the yeah. biggest, I was banging that drum from the beginning. I said that the hierarchy is No, but you can say, oh, Oli shit, Oli shit. But, what but I'm let's, let's to say try and get never, more you, detailed no. with our analysis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, these are Oli, Oli this, Oli that. It, let's no. go deeper, the board. Let's look at their business. What, you saw, you signed Wan-Bissaka, Harry Maguire, selling Lukaku. So you probably got a net spend of 70 million. They haven't spent this money prudently and they mm-hmm. haven't spent enough. I understand that Oli might need a few transfer windows. Mm-hmm. This window was about sorting out the defence, get Maguire, get Wan-Bissaka. Maguire stayed the same. He's performing. Wan-Bissaka, he needs improvement. He's still mm-hmm. a young player. Defensively, he's on point. Attackingly, you know, people call him the dreadlock Klein. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people, people find out their agendas, but he needs to improve. But what mm-hmm. I'm saying, when you look at these players, McTominay, Matic, Pereira... Matter, James. Is this a Man United team? Mm. I'm not sure. So, so the problem, Oli might be shit. Yeah, he might be shit. But But he's not been given the best circumstances to prove he's shit. I agree with that, but I just feel that, like, Harry Maguire for 85 million, is that, is that great business? Um, To be honest, they needed him. And Mm. again, when we're talking about money, Let's talk about what he's bringing to Man United. Mm-hmm. He's bringing leadership. He's shown that. Let's be honest. Maybe yesterday he didn't have a great game. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but every that. player is going to have a bad game. Uh, and I mm-hmm. think he's he's someone that you can say, this is a good addition. Mm-hmm. He, he's a good addition. But I think when you're, you know, splashing out 85 million on a player, you need to... That, that defender needs to tick every single box. And with Maguire, I can, like, spot glaring limitations in his mm-hmm. armoury. I mean, 1v1, he's, you know, not great. Um, playing with a high line, he's also not great. So I just feel that when you're, you know, picking a profile of a centre back, they need for that sort of fee, they need to have the complete package. And I don't think he has that personally. For, for me, there's a real dearth of talent mm, at centre back yeah, level yeah. that Man United could afford. They maybe could have went for the cheaper option of Diop, but for me, Maguire, he's not the problem of Man United. Mm. He's a good centre back, and I think he's going to be decent for them. What What I find quite worrying is the fact that. 
of course, Marshall's out injured. Yep. And Big it looks blow. like Rashford is, yeah, is, 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 is now yeah. injured too, mm. which means that they are forced to play Mason Greenwood, mm-hmm. the 17-year-old. Um, he was out with tonsillitis. Oh, mm. really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he he'll be back soon, apparently. But I mean that that I mean we're talking about them being down at their bare bones um, in attacking areas. Mm-hmm. That that certainly is worrying for me as an Arsenal fan. Is 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 it's certainly a positive, <laughs> yeah? Because we we you know we, we we play them next week, and so you know, I mean our defense is bad. It is as it as it is. Yeah. We don't need <laughs> yeah. a, a top yeah. a, a t- attacking force to to be running at our defense. Um, but I mean, surely you know. That that must be something that is worrying um, United fans um, going forward for the next for the foreseeable for the foreseeable future because we don't know how long uh, Rashford's going to be out for, right? So, yeah, Man United fans, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're some of them are saying they want to retire from football. <laughs> <laughs> They've lost their love for the game. Yeah. They don't recognize this team, but Man United fans are spoiled, man. Let's mm-hmm. be honest; they've had a lot of success over the years, and this is a pain period for them. We have to be honest, yeah, like because yeah. they don't know what to expect. You know, the players are you know on the sick bed. You know, the team's not playing well. You know, they're losing against mid-table teams where, you know, in recent years, you say, you know what, Man United are going to nick this 1-0, 2-0. <laughs> mm-hmm. But even before the weekend, I knew West Ham were going to get a result. Like, So I, I think United, before the season started, I said top four. Mm. But with this injury list, they can finish anywhere between <laughs> fourth to seventh, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Because the injuries oh, aren't man. looking good. So, yeah, that, that's my viewpoint. Fair, but I think, fairly. just to touch on West Ham... I feel that it was a it was a great performance. I mean, my mate Sam was at the game. He was saying that that's you know there was standout performances. He mentioned Isidiot. I think he was trying to show to Man United that yeah you should have yep. splashed the cash yeah. on me rather yeah, than yeah. Harry Maguire. Yeah. Um, Mark Noble dominated the midfield. Um, Cresswell had mm. had a great game at left back, and it's good to see West Ham because with Pellegrini, I. And that's that's the point I'm trying to make. I see some sort of, you know, philosophy there. And I look at two teams and I think, hold on. I was looking at the two teams and I'm thinking, hold on, like, who's meant to be the big side here? Because with my United, I saw no identity. I saw no philosophy. And with West Ham, I can actually see what they're trying to do. I can see passing patterns. I can see, you know, Yarmolenko cutting in, Felipe Anderson trying to isolate um, his fullback 1v1. And I can see, like, there's a there's a method to the madness. Whereas when I look at Man United, it's just a real scattergun approach. If we score, we score. And and yeah, just nothing to but, them. But I, that's the difference though. Hmm. Pellegrini, he's had the privilege of signing Haller, Felipe Anderson, hmm. Fornos, Yarmolenko. Yeah, yeah. These are all of his signings. So he's been backed. He's saying, you know what? This is the style of football I want to bring. And mm. this is the list of players that mm-hmm. I want to bring into the club. Now board, execute. Yeah. With Man United, you don't get that feeling. So... That's what makes a decent team. Mm-hmm. Top manager, good backing. And, you know, when it all comes together, it makes a cohesive approach. And mm. West Ham are proof of that. Pellegrini is a top manager. He's a manager that's managed in Europe. You know, Malaga, Villarreal. Mm. He's been We've around seen, the block. So, yeah. yeah, I think West Ham are set to have a good also, season. Also, shout, shout out to Aaron Cresswell. I think he might have listened to a, one of the episodes when you, when, when Dot was saying that he's finished <laughs> yeah, a few yeah, weeks that the, trend, that the trend was starting to show the time. I, I think a West Ham season to get older. <laughs> that but finally... I just want to pose this question to Dej. You've got the 20 managers in the Premier League. Yeah. Where do you rate Oli? 
let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let me let me uh, look at the league I table. I feel like yeah, go through the league table and say who is better than, please. Whilst, who is better than? Yeah. Please. Whilst they're just having or, a look. In at fact, that, who is not better than? Whilst whilst mm. they're just having a look through that news just in. So Klopp has won the uh, FIFA, best FIFA's men's coach award. Yeah. Um, I, Rightly so. Yeah. Well deserved after this spectacular and, season. And best manager in the world for me. Yes, and uh, Messi, I think I believe Messi. Messi. Won. Wow, that's gonna that, that's raising a few eyebrows. I mean, Van Dijk already cleaned up that award before, so I think this is more of a sympathy award mm. to Messi. Even though, let's be honest, he's the best player that we've seen. Yeah, but we're talking about just, best season, and I think Van Dijk had the best season. Yeah, I think Messi literally just pipped him to the post for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're showing I'm the just, votes numbers and stuff. I'm or? just having a look now on my Sky Sports app. With me, um, so we're talking about the managers, right? Yes, okay. So, Ollie, who is he better than? Um, it's a difficult one because he hasn't had the chance to obviously show it. He was in remote, you know, Norway mm. managing for Molder. Mm. He came to the Premier League with Cardiff, took them down to the championship. <laughs> so, on managerial achievements, he hasn't shown, but that's what we're going to see. I mean, we're going to see, but um, let me look here, managers, it's a tough one. <laughs> I'm looking at Newcastle, <laughs> Stevie Brucey. No, no, dead. So, um, what from top to bottom? Okay, so, so obviously he's not better than Klopp. He's not better than Pep. He's not better than Brendan. He's not better than Emery. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, there's an argument to say he's in the relegation zone of managers, <laughs> isn't it? To be fair, but but that's not the point. The point is oh, that he's not been given good backing. And he hasn't been given the opportunity to show that he's a top manager. Dej, if you were a manager, would you back a manager that's incompetent? You just said that he's in the relegation zone. You personally... Yeah, would because you of his them? managerial achievements. When we're talking about Lampard as well, he's going to start off low. You can't okay, really name okay, okay. managers. In your opinion, who's a better manager, Frank Lampard or Oli? I think on managerial accolades, you're going to have to probably say... Lampard in the championship, he done a decent <laughs> job getting to the playoffs. To be honest, I didn't follow Molda. Mm. I know he won titles though, but let's be honest, mm. the Norwegian league, when it stacks up against the other teams, you can't really um, balance it out. But of course, we know that Solskjaer hasn't got the accolades. But the whole point is let him show that he you know, can do the job. And mm. managers have to start from somewhere. Let's not be snobbish. I mean, Pep Guardiola, he started at Barcelona. Mm-hmm. He had a good system around him to be able to propel him. Jurgen Klopp's all these people you start from somewhere and he started in nomadic Norway mm-hmm. he went to Cardiff didn't have success he's gone to Man United in not ideal circumstances if you mm. get if you land a big job you want it in better circumstances Man United are a side that's regressing so I think you know give him some time give him a few more transfer windows and let's see where it ends up fair point so just to to, to, to wrap up I know I, I initially uh Started speaking about them and interjected. Yeah. So, Marcelo Bielsa has won the Fair Play Award. Uh, confirming... Confirming that Jurgen Klopp did indeed uh, win Best Men's Coach, um, followed by Pochettino and Pep Guardiola. Alison Becker... second or... Jesus Christ. Was he second off? It looks like it here. Pochettino, what, just for getting to the Champions League final? Perhaps. Wow. Um, best goalkeeper Alison Becker yep, never in doubt Tersturgen. Yep. Um and then we have also best men's player yep so Lionel Messi Virgil van Dijk Cristiano Ronaldo yeah I think some interesting results so you said Bielsa won fair play is that for when they kick yeah. the ball out uh, perhaps that might have been it yeah mm, interesting <laughs> you know like <laughs> very very is interesting is this a FIFA award 
It is. It it is. The best been under awards. the table payments. Yeah, you never man. know. Brown envelopes <laughs> all over the gaff. <laughs> mm. Right. Let's round up anyway. This uh, Super Sunday with the um, the Palace and Wolves game. So obviously, uh, um, Palace hosted Wolves. It ended in a one-one draw. Given the re- the the um, the performance in the Premier League of uh, Wolves of recent, would you say that that is a well-earned point? Also, considering the fact that Palace is always a, a difficult place to travel to, would you would you would you say that that's a, a, a positive result for Wolves, or still not good enough? And the fact that they went to ten men, they went yeah, down to ten it, men. Exactly. They played like seventeen minutes plus with ten men. Mm-hmm. I mean, before the game, I was thinking Palace was going to win. Mm-hmm. I thought you know they had the momentum because Wolves. It's been a bit of a stop-start season, mm. and they haven't even won yet in the Premier League. So. Phew. A point, I think it's poor from Palace's perspective, mm-hmm. to be honest. But as you said, we're talking about Wolves. Um, playing midweek, it does seem to hamper them. Mm. You know, the chopping and changing. This is a team last season that, you know, made probably the least changes in the league. And now I think Adama Traore, he was moved from a, you know, wide fullback role into an attacking role. He played well, but it wasn't... He done well, to be fair. Don't let me criticise him. Because for the goal, he provided the assist. And that's something that's been levelled against him that he hasn't got end product. Mm -hmm. So to be fair, that was good from him. I've seen signs of progressing. Yeah, he seems to be. He seems seems to be improving and developing his game. But, I mean, Crystal Palace, that was an opportunity wasted for for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, see out the game. Come on. Like, Wolves are down to 10 men and... If you saw the way the, the equaliser happened, it was that, like, Benteke, oh, my gosh. He gave a poor pass to, to Wilf. And then Wilf was put in a, in a situation where he had to kind of, like, dribble. And he lost the ball. Then Wolves went to the other end and scored. But, Wood, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why are you trying to head the ball on the floor? <laughs> Just use your feet to clear the ball. Yes, it's poor defending to be honest. And, you know, in the midweek, there was like almost like a rallying call from Wilfred Zaha saying, you know what, everyone needs to do their job. Mm-hmm. I can't do everything alone. But I think he later came out and said that he was misquoted or something like yeah, that. Yeah, twisted his words. Yeah, but still, like Palace, that's the sort of side they are. They can go away yeah, to yeah. Bournemouth, win at home against a shit team, like a let's say a Sheffield United sort of team, <laughs> mm-hmm. draw, lose. So they're a yo-yo team, but I think they'll be okay. Cool, fair point. So that sort of rounds up uh, up the Sunday's fixtures. I think there's only one place we can start off when we're talking about the results from Saturday's uh, round of, of of games, and that is obviously um, uh, Man City who hosted Watford. Um, now, off the back of the previous week's fixtures, of course, City having lost um, away at uh, at Norwich and Watford. Um, having picked up a point against um, against Arsenal, of course now you know Watford would have I, I, I guess taken confidence from that um, from that result, but I'm sure Pep and his and his squad would have been out for vengeance after mm. they, they they dropped points to Norwich, mm. um, and what a way to to to, to, to bounce back from the the, the previous week's loss, uh, an eight nil win. Um, it's a drubbing. Yeah, an absolute drubbing. Um, top performances all round. I all think round, one very interesting um, uh, 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 selection for uh, Pep was to, st- to to drop Sterling. 
mm. um, who's been, you know, pivotal for them um, for, for as long as I can remember now, um, in, you know, the past season and a bit. So, um, yeah, guys, l- let me know your thoughts on that game, man. Where, where, do, where do we start? Boy, you made a good point because I think that's the difference between Liverpool and Man City. Mm. Two bad games for any of their attackers and you're out of the team. Mm-hmm. Whereas we saw last season, Salah had a run of bad games and he was still in the team. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. Mm-hmm. They have the quality to replace Sterling and still look the same. Whereas mm-hmm. Liverpool do not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, <laughs> just to go back to the game, I was I was thinking, hmm, right, this could be an interesting game. So I, I decided to watch it. Um, and Man City scored within one minute. And I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Let me let me keep watching. And then it, it was interesting because Watford had a, a attack immediately after where De, De La Fuere yeah. was um, one-on-one with the goalkeeper and he should have actually put it into the net, but he missed. Who was he up against? Otamendi as well. Otamendi Poor defending. Got, yeah, got, dreadful. <laughs> yeah, they said that Otamendi got sent back to Argentina. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, yeah, then out of nowhere, Ben Foster. Did you see what he done for the penny? Again, I mean, uh, what are you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rocks for brains. What are you thinking? Just, mm. Riyad Mahrez is running out of play. Why? <laughs> it's shocking. Absolutely shocking. But yeah, like when I when I saw the game, you know, before the game, I, I looked at the managers. And you know, last week we saw Kike Sanchez Flores sweating on these jumper. This week he was fully prepared, man. He came in that jet black jumper, man. <laughs> he knew he was going to be doing a lot of sweating. And that's the way he turned up. I mean, again, I call Pep Guardiola the prospect of the week last season simply because he didn't start Kevin De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. Who was at the heart of that first goal? Kevin De Bruyne with mm-hmm. those balls. They're almost like half penalties for him. Mm-hmm. When he shows up in the corner of that box, you just think, wow. This guy's yeah. going to whip in a madness and invariably he does. So that set, you know, uh, Man City on their way with a David Silver goal. Obviously, as Dot alluded to, <laughs> Ben Foster, what was he thinking? Rocks for brains, as I like to say. What are you <laughs> thinking? Why Why are you doing I that? Do you know what's funny? After <laughs> that, I messaged in the group chat, this could be 10-0. Mm. And I was serious. Mm. I messaged this could be 10 0 mm. because Watford looked messy. I think they must have scar tissue accrued from that final. <laughs> I mean, that 6 0 drubbing in the final, they must think, you know what? We know we're going to lose. This is going to be a long day. And I think Man City even got the record for, you know, most goals scored in a 15 minute period. That's With, you know, Riyad Mahrez scoring, Bernardo Silva getting his hat trick, even Nicolas on the Otamendi. You know, got to the point stats. where Man City stopped celebrating. They were like, oh, we're sorry, but we have to be professional here. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, that's a... Damning indictment. Yeah, yeah, but that was a great, you know, reaction from Pep's team. I mean, that was like the, the perfect Pep Guardiola performance. I mean, from the beginning, they suffocated Watford. They were moving the ball quickly. As Dej, you know, pointed out earlier, that Kevin De Bruyne, he was playing like, oh, at an unbelievable level. And I just feel that with Man City, they're, su- they're such a streaky team. And sometimes it's like they want to prove people wrong. People are doubting their defence. So now they're going to have that bit between their teeth to just win every single game. So I can see them now going on a run. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, man, it's, it's promising. It's promising for Man City. It seems like they've, they've reacted well from that shock defeat against Norwich with two back-to-back clean sheets. And Fernandinho's looking excellent as a centre-back at the moment. Definitely, but you will do against a Watford side that they had their chances and moments, but they're not really going to threaten you. Mm-hmm. The acid tests are going to lie against teams that play football like a Norwich, like mm-hmm. a Liverpool. But again, you know, Man City, they disposed of Watford in magnificent fashion and mm. you know what on they go Everton away next week but we have to touch on Watford's performance mm-hmm. 
come on, Premier League, and you're losing 8 0. And this ain't just like a, you know, a team that have just come up with no budget. This is a team that's been in the Premier League for five, six, seven, mm, eight years. Mm. Come on, you're meant to show your fans something better than that, man. Yeah, that's they a refund the fans. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Unacceptable, to. man. Unacceptable. And, and that's a manager's mm. second game in charge. You think there'll be a bit more mm. of a reaction? I know they're probably going to have confidence issues and stuff like that. But to that chuck in pathetic. that sort of performance was. You know the Premier League should even be having a word like, "Come on!" Like, you know, it's like a budge. I know you love your boxing. You know when the referee goes into the corner, yeah. and say, "Come on, show us a bit of fight." You got to throw more punches. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think that should have happened, oh, man. Fair, fair point. I think the ne- the next stop um, has to be um, Les- the Leicester and Tottenham game. Um, I got this spot on two one. Did you? You, yeah. you, you? you predicted that before the game. So obviously Leicester took all three points at home to, to a Tottenham. Good game. Good game. Very good game. Um, James Madison popping up with a sumptuous finish um, at the, you know, right at the end to, to, to take all three points. Um, let's start, before we talk about the um, performance from Leicester, let's, let's start with Tottenham. What went wrong for Tottenham? Not much in my opinion. I feel this is a, you know, is... It's a topical debate at the moment. And I just feel that I've been watching a lot of games recently and I feel that VAR has added a new layer and a new dynamic to matches, mm-hmm. um, which we need to get used to because I mm. feel that mentally, on the mental standpoint of a game, it can really mess up a team. For example, Tottenham were 1-0 ahead. Obviously, a brilliant, brilliant finish from Harry Kane, but that's just what Harry Kane does. Um, you know, that goal, you know, defied gravity. Like, the fact yeah, he was yeah, dropping yeah, and yeah. he managed to scoop, scoop it up it and that, ground, that was yeah. mad, yeah. But the, the, the factor that I'm concerned about with VAR is that, okay, Tottenham get the 2-0 lead. They feel that they've scored a goal. Aurier was dancing, like, yeah, this yeah, is a that was perfect a six away job. Six yeah. celebration, the fans are going crazy and everyone's happy in the stadium. Then it gets, you know, played back on VAR and you see that Son's offside. And me personally, till now, I can't tell whether that's offside or mm. onside. And then you see that it goes choked off and then Leicester go and score immediately after. I just think mentally that's a lot to take. Mm. And after that goal to, to draw the game, I knew that, Tottenham were going to lose that game because mentally it's just too much to come back from. Mm, we even saw the same with Leicester. I mean, early on in the game, they took a lead. Yeah, but I think that one's more acceptable because that was clearly offside. Yes, yes, yes. Whereas Tottenham's one, come on, Dave. is that really offside? Mm, it's, I mean, you know, the VAR technology, that one, basically we've lost that part of the game where, you know, attackers get the advantage. Mm. Nowadays, it's either your level or your offside. Mm-hmm. There's no room for wriggle room. I think, I think, that. I think that's, that's correct. That's the correct way to mm. use it. But honestly, I don't, I can't tell whether that's on. If you can't tell after mm. looking three or four times, it's not offside, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll go along with that, mm. to be fair. But these people in Stockley Park, you know, they're making what they deem to be a factual call where, as you did say, it looked like a judgmental call. You know, they could have given him the advantage. And, and we saw that it did change the game in, in Leicester's favour. I mean, Tottenham, phew, I mean, we used to call them flaky Spurs. Mm. I mean, they got rid of that name under Pochettino, to be honest. He's, mm. he's done well. But in the last few games, they've been struggling to hold on to leads. Mm. I mean, midweek, we saw them against Olympiacos, go 2-0 up, throw that lead away, mm. put in, you know, not a great performance. 
But we saw them against Arsenal as well do the same. But mm-hmm. the thing with Tottenham for me is Pochettino needs to come under some questioning. I mean, why are you leaving players at home? All this Dele Alli, uh, mm-hmm. he's staying at home. For me, you want to be bringing a team together. Mm-hmm. We all heard about this infamous chat that mm-hmm. Pochettino had with the camp, locking them in the changing room. Mm-hmm. You know what, season starts here. But they seem to have gone back to their old ways. Mm-hmm. They're not, they don't seem as a cohesive unit on the, on the pitch. I mean, Victor Wanyama, I was shocked to see him on the pitch or on the bench. I thought he went to Club Bruges. I remember those rumours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah. he went to Club Bruges. I was shocked to see him. I was like, wow, you're still here. <laughs> you know, bringing him on to try and, you know, seal the game was never going to work. I mean, he he's shot to pieces. He's mm. no longer the same player. And I think their game management, that's their issue. Game management. And, mm-hmm. you know, they threw away another uh, another game, in my opinion. I think that Leicester game is, was always going to be a tough game because they're actually a brilliant team. Um, Pochettino, I said it earlier. Um, I think third week of the season, I said, I feel that he's hit a brick wall. Mm. What else can mm. he achieve at mm. Tottenham? Mm. They've got to a Champions League final. What's the next step? Definitely. I, I can't see it. I agree. Mm. I think they've hit the height of their valley. Mm. I mean, when we talk about projects, you know, Frank Lampard, that, you know, the embryonic stage of his project, mm-hmm. I think Pochettino's at that stage where he's hitting into a decline. A mm. yeah, he's hit a plateau. Yeah, he's going into a decline. And yeah, I can't see how it gets better for them. Let's be realistic. They're mm. not making Champions League final. Mm-hmm. They can make top four. Mm. But the aim for them now is to win a trophy. You know, FA Cup needs to be a big, you know, serious consideration for them. Mm. Capital One Cup needs to be a consideration for them. But, you know, with the doubts that are happening in Spain with Zidane's future, I think now, if they make an approach for Pochettino, he, I think he, yeah, he I think he'll be ready to go. Yeah, yeah mm. I think so. And yeah, the Tottenham, you know, train seems to have gone dry, gone still. Fair but, point. But we need to shine a spotlight on. Oh. We, we need to shine a spotlight on on Deli Ali. What what has happened to him? I don't know. I mean, you know, one of the friends of our show, Miguel Delaney, put mm. out some stats. I think, you know, uh, in I think the sixteen seventeen season, he scored maybe was it one in three, one in two, mm-hmm. and those stats have gradually decreased. Mm. I don't know what's happening. Is he being found out for what he is? Was he just a streaky player? I remember mm. those times when they used to say, oh, this guy's better in numbers than Gerard and Lampard. Mm. Is he just naturally progressing into just a decent Premier League player? Mm. So I don't know what's happened with him, to be fair. Yeah, I think he's at a real crossroads because I feel that if he doesn't have a good season this season, I think, I don't think Tottenham will, you know, I feel Tottenham will be happy to actually let him go. Mm. Um, for me right now, he doesn't get into their best eleven. Me personally, mm. I think Son mm. has gone ahead of him. Lucas Moura probably seems ahead of him right now. So I feel that it's really an interesting time in his career. Is he going to step up to the challenge and reach the next, you know, sort of level? Mm. Or is he just going to go into the doldrums? Basically, he's mirroring the Spurs project. Started mm. off fresh, full of life. Wow, something's happening here. And he's just settled into the, you know, the milk mm. going stale, mm. so to speak. The thing is with Dele Ali, he's... A specific player so you've got to play him in a certain role to get get the best out of him mm. but that role is such a niche role so what's the role Very then it's that supporting striker but mm. then you've got son mm-hmm. you get what i'm trying to say yeah. and yeah. then you try and play him in the center mid but he doesn't have the attributes to play center mid mm. so it's like yeah. he's stuck mm. in the middle of nowhere so what is he a luxury player then he's not a luxury player but he's a player that needs to play in a system that suits him maybe a 4-4-1-1 so you need to build a team around him yes and i don't feel that he's good enough yes. to have a team built around him yeah, but I just want to also, you know, shine a light on Leicester as yeah, well. We can't course, forget them. For me, this game, 
for me was contenders or pretenders. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've shown, you know, throughout the game that they're contenders for that top six. I mean, after the game, James Madison came out and said, you know what? We're Leicester, like, we want to be taken serious. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. want to be one of the big boys in this Shout league. Out to him for that. That was, and that he was put great. in a performance. Mm. Before the game, I think they were saying, oh, James Madison knows what he has to do to get into this England squad. And in that game, we have to be honest, he done it. Mm. He was a threat throughout, you know, causing havoc with his nifty footwork, mm. having good shots. I mean, the strike for the goal, that's what we want to be seeing. Yeah. That's what he needs to be doing to propel himself into the next level and start for England and get his big move. What about you, um, Dot? Do you have any thoughts on, on the Leicester performance? In particular... I said it. Yeah. Uh, 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 um, so, so, that's exactly... You, <laughs> you read my mind. You read uh, my mind. I'm going to pick because... Yeah. Last yeah. week, I said against Man United that he had an amazing performance. I know he made a stupid mistake mm-hmm. uh, to give away the penalty, but if you look at his four ninety minutes, he played really well. Yeah. And my and point, what, my, what my point was is, as a defender, you're judged... If you course. give away a penalty, you've had a bad game. So of course, to, of course, mm. but I was looking, you know, deeper into it, like what you like to say. But yeah, um, but he made a penalty mistake and they lost did, the game. He, he, mm. he, so that's he the did facts. make a mistake, yeah. but I'm trying to say that as a full package, I can see a lot of promise. He hasn't mm. played a lot of Premier League football, so he's mm. still learning, of course, you know, and adjusting to the pace of mm. the game. But from what I've seen of him, he looks really, really good, mm. and he looks comfortable on the ball, and he brings less of that sort of composure that Harry Maguire brought to the team, yeah. and that's what I like about him. But yeah, shout out Brendan Rodgers; he's doing an amazing job. He's a He's a top manager. He'd be very, yeah. very happy. Um, do you know what's very, very interesting is whilst we um, go back to that, the whole topic on uh, managers most likely to lose their job, there's a few Arsenal fans that that, that are looking at Brendan Rodgers as a potential... Yeah, but I said it. I uh, said this a year ago and people were laughing at me, making me know? a figure of ridicule. But I mm-hmm. said that Brendan, he is a perfect fit for a lot of the top four teams at the moment. I think mm-hmm. he walks into Man United. I think he does a great yeah, job at Arsenal. Because of course, of the, it's yeah, not tangible anymore. No, I, honestly, I feel Brendan will go there. You think so? If Man United I don't think, Man United, them, I I don't think they'll there. approach him because of the Liverpool attachments. Mm. And I don't think that'll go down well with the fans. And with Man United fans, you want to make a mark and, you know, go there, you know, with an open mind. Fair point. Um, yeah, again, Everton... Um, <laughs> What do I even say about Everton? I mean, at home to uh, Sheffield United, they lose Um, (laughs) 2-0. I I mean, you know what? Just like what um, Dot mentioned last week, when Everton comes to mind, when we discuss Everton, he feels that they're a nothing club. It's, so it's true. I, I imagine this isn't a result that shocks you. No, to be much. fair, to be no, fair, it, 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 it did shock me. It did shock me. Everton at home, I think I'm not sure. The last home game they lost was against Man City in okay. February. Mm-hmm. So up until that, up until this period, they haven't lost the game. Okay. So okay. you would think that they would beat Sheffield United at mm-hmm. home, and this was a big shock on the cards. To be honest. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the goals they conceded. Oh, oh man, Marco man. Silva. I mean, Marcel Brands and Farhad Mashiri. Mm. I think that would have raised their eyebrows. They're going to yeah. be having a look now. And next, they've got Manchester City at home. So if they take a paste in there, poof, he's job security. I know you guys like FM. It'll be very unstable, man. It'll be very unstable. But I mean, poof. Where do I start with this mess? I mean, it's a mess. It is a mess. Let's be honest. I said it. I said it in the group chat. Everton are the only club in the Premier League that can spend so much money Mm. and get worse. 
Uh, it's like they're destined for shitness. <laughs> Let's be <laughs> honest, like they're destined for shitness. I mean, I want to shine a spotlight on Sheffield United, though. I mean, they came there with a plan. I mean, I was so impressed with, you know, O'Connell, Egan and Basham's defending. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, you know, Egan stood out. The ball was like a magnet to his head. He was mm-hmm. headering the ball. Everton were crossing out, trying to get the ball to the flanks. Mm-hmm. And he was heading them out. You know, John Fleck was brilliant. Oliver Norwood. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lundstrom. Yeah, he was a former, you know, Everton graduate. Mm-hmm. And he came there with a point to prove that, you know what? I want to show you what you're missing out on. Mm-hmm. And he put on a good performance. And Lee Smuse, I mean, he used to, he came from Bournemouth. Struggled mm. there. Struggled there for game time. I don't think he got the opportunities, yeah. to be honest. But mm. Sheffield United is a platform for him, you know, because they haven't got great strikers. Oliver McBurney, who they mm. signed from Swansea. I'm still not sure if he's a Premier League striker. You know, McGoldrick, <laughs> I'm not mm. sure. He's struggling. Yeah, he's struggling, struggling as well. Yeah, yeah. And Robinson, who they bought from Preston as well. I think so, Niz is a big fan of him. Yeah, I also want to shout out Chris Wilder. I mean, he's done a tremendous job at Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he looks a certain way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you expect him to play his football a certain <laughs> way. But if you actually watch Sheffield United, they're dogged. They're not the most talented, yeah. but they make up for it, you know, with hard graft. And they're doing well. They've had a good start. I know they mm-hmm. lost last week against Southampton, but, you know, getting this scalp away at Everton, it's a good one for the confidence. Yeah. What, so they, do you think they'll stay up? When I look at their squad, man for man, I generally say, you know what? Okay, if they get relegated, who will come up to the Premier League? And I struggle to be Basham. honest. <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> no, he's a good defender. He's a good defender, but will he get a Premier League move? He looks good within the Sheffield United the framework. Mm. Yeah, the framework. So when I look at the team, I don't really. There's no standout names, but again, football is a team game. Mm-hmm. So if you're cohesive, if if you all know your jobs, then you know they could stay up, but. Yeah, they're getting the points. They might stay up. The thing is about Everton is that, like, if you saw the way they ended the season, they ended really strong and they were showing mm. promising signs that next season with the right investment, they can actually do well. But, I mean, Jordan Pickford, oh, for the <laughs> yeah. first goal, I mean, where, oh. where, what are you doing? No commandment. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. You're meant to be commanding your area, mm. getting your um, team out of a sticky situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, controlling your box. But with Pickford, there's no security. Mm. You feel that he can make a blunder at any He's time. He's frantic. Like, the way he moves, yeah, like, yeah. he moves like a nitty. Like, he just, <laughs> in the box. Like, no, honestly, like, when you look at him, like, he just moves around. He mm. makes some, like, even me watching him, I yeah. think, what's this guy going to do? He's like a spectacle. Yeah, yeah, he's a spectacle. Yeah, yeah. You think, Jordan, when he kicks the ball, there's an extra body movement. Like, he's a quirky goalkeeper, to be honest. And when you're trying to be a solid team in a Prem, you need he to be He doesn't fill you with confidence. And I mean... Yeah, that's Everton. They're going to be in mid-table again and then they're going to spend another 100 million and just... So, Dot, in your opinion... continues. In your opinion, if Everton finish 8th or ninth, is that a sackable offence for Marco Silva? I think it depends how they finish 8th or ninth. Mm. I feel that if they're playing good football and you can clearly see a progression in their development, mm. then, you know, you can, you can argue that Leicester on paper are a better team than them. So, I don't think 8th is a bad reflection of Everton where the problem is that they need to be winning games that they should be winning Mm. and teams like Sheffield United beating you at your home ground (laughs) is unacceptable (laughs) and that's where the problem lies I agree fair point we um we also saw a very uh Jekyll and Hyde kind of uh (laughs) um uh result for for Norwich this weekend so obviously (laughs) off the back of that win against City you would have expected them to to turn up at Burnley and fancy nah, their chances. So? Nah, no, given, no, given, no, well, uh, of course they're away from home. You know and what Burnley, Burnley are going to do. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, 
of sh- uh, surely uh, off the back of beating City, yeah. you're gonna have some sort of confidence, no? I always even really if you're traveling, traveling. There's always gonna be that come down period. Mm. You beat Man City, it's really really hard mm. to replicate that in the next game because yeah. physically, emotionally, that would have taken a lot out of the Norwich team. Mm. And let's be honest, Turf Moor is probably the last place you want to go, go after off. a yes. scalp against Man yes. City. I mm. mean. Sean Dyche is going to drill his boys well, make sure there's no mistakes and just, you know, put them to the sword. And that's what Chris Wood done in the end. Yeah, mm. to be fair, I mean, uh, Burnley play an uncompromising style of football. Mm-hmm. They play better football than we actually give Dyche credit for, to be honest, but they play the ball long. Mm-hmm. I mean, both of their goals, one came from a corner, one came from a cross. And for me, they got old man. Norwich got old man out mm, of that game. Mm. It's like experience against naivety. Yeah, yeah, um, they, they yeah, yeah, eased yeah. them out yeah, of that yeah. game and to be honest, yeah, I, I'm not surprised with that result. Mm. Good win for Burnley though. They're, they're a really good team. Fair point. Um, we also saw uh, Newcastle and uh, Brighton um, draw. Mm. I think at this point in time, uh, a, a draw and a point for both sides is is, is a positive. If no, you watch you, the game, you if you watch the game, Brighton put in work. Yeah, but again, the problem is quality. Mm-hmm. They dominated. They had probably seventy odd possession of that ball, mm. and Newcastle. You know, they were very very lucky they to look. come away with a point. Mm. That first half was one of the worst first half mm. performances I've seen at St. James's Park. I mean, it was so tepid. It was unreal. Mm. Honestly, it was really really bad. But yeah, Graham Potter, he's got um, Brighton playing some good football. I think Newcastle grew in the game as the game went. I think um, Joe Linton was, was improving as, as the game went on. But I just feel that there's one player I was watching closely and it was Almiron. Yeah. And oh, I really like that guy, man. I don't. Really? I, I really like him. I think aesthetically I like he looks good, really but like the end he plays product. at 100 miles per hour and it ruins his end product because he mm. doesn't think. He doesn't have that composure. Mm. And that's why he hasn't scored a goal since he's been in England. Mm-hmm. Because he, he's too frantic. His style of play is too frantic. Yeah. He needs to calm down a bit. You don't always need to play at 100 miles per hour. Mm. Play with composure and eventually you'll break that goal drought. Like, to be fair, when I first watched him, I was thinking, wow, what a player. But when you watch him closely, he's not very good. What do you think that's also because mm. of the coaching issues, you know, Benitez leaving I don't the think so because I think Benitez put a lot of confidence in him mm. to even bring him from the MLS. Now I'm talking about now with Bruce, being under mm. the stewardship of Bruce, that's surely going to affect his game. Not really coaching. because you can argue that Steve Bruce is trying to play a more expansive brand of football than Rafa Benitez mm-hmm. and it's probably given Almiron more freedom than what he had under mm. Benitez. Mm. I don't see him tracking back as much as I saw under Benitez. So I feel that with Steve Bruce, he's got Three attackers, and he says, "You know what? You guys can be left to your own devices. Mm. You guys can attack as long as the rest of the players defend." So you don't think with adjustments to his game, he that, that, that you know he can improve his empire? You got you don't based think, on his abilities. You don't as Dej likes to say, I think as Dej likes to say, if Newcastle get relegated, do you feel that he's a player that another Premier League club will get? I believe so. Yeah, I, believe I think so a Premier well. League team will come. I think there's a player sure. there. You can see yeah. that he's he has he has ability. I think definitely so. he I has ability. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not taken away from mm-hmm. him but does he have Premier League end product I'm not sure maybe that's why he was playing in the MLS no, I think that's something that can maybe be coached yeah. into him in a different footballing setup if he gets like a manager let's say even like a Brendan 
you know, yeah. getting him under his stewardship yeah, yeah, yeah. and saying, this is how I want you to play. A more detailed approach. Steve Bruce seems like a manager to me. You know what? Don't defend, just attack. But <laughs> Brendan <laughs> will probably tell you. <laughs> Brendan, I'm not going to lie. I think we're a bit too harsh on Steve mm. Bruce. Mm. I don't think it's as bad as what we make out to see. Yeah, but like, he's, he's on the... As I said about... Oh, he's list, probably no, in and around the relegation zone. Look, I think, I think we're problem. very hot. Let's give him some time. Mm. Let's mm. see what this Newcastle team... Because it's really unfair to write him off after seven games. I feel that's unacceptable. I'm, I'm talking about past accolades. As yep. I went through with Oli as well, let's be honest, Steve Bruce is a manager that flirts in between bottom end premiership and championship level. Of course, so that's what well, he's when he was in the Premier League, he'd done a decent job. Let's 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 give him some time. He had some decent time, but towards the end, he seems to me like a manager that's, you know... Because has he been backed? Do you feel that he's been backed? Yeah, for Newcastle, for sure. Jolinton, 40 million. The winger, what? What's his name again? I forgot his Maximum. name. Maximum. Maximum. Yeah. yeah, he's been back. Craft. He's been back. Jetro Williams. He's definitely been backed. I mean, that was a p- point of contention with Benitez. Mm-hmm. Benitez was saying he wasn't back, but of course, Bruce has been backed, and there's no excuses with this project. Fair point. Now, just rounding things up with uh, in, on the front of uh, of, of fixtures, um, it was actually the first game of the weekend uh, on Friday. Um, Southampton hosting Bournemouth. Bournemouth taking a three points um, uh, with a three-one win. Um, and again, you know, it it, it looked like a, um, good performances all around. You know, Callum Wilson, Josh King, Nathan Ake. You know, there was a few. There was a few good performances um, from 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 the Bournemouth. For, camp. for me, this game showed why Bournemouth won't be getting relegated anytime soon. Mm-hmm. These are the sorts of games where they could lose or they could win. But with that attack of Josh King, Callum Wilson, you know, Harry Wilson now. Of course, yeah. (laughs) They're always going to be in the game. And I think that's a bit disappointing from Southampton as well, to be Mm -hmm. honest. You know, South Coast Derby, they didn't quite turn up to the races until it was too late. Mm. I mean, Nathan Ake, you know, jumping in the box unchallenged to get them on on the march. You know, they had was a that go- the first time Bournemouth have beaten Southampton? I believe um, away. A, 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 away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I believe so. Some sort of stuff like that, yeah. So they're breaking record. Yeah. So <laughs> Josh King had an effort ruled out by VAR mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, Harry Wilson, great play by Philip Billing on the yeah, wing, you know, yeah, yeah. breaking the lines, finding out Harry Wilson. And Harry Wilson's a quality player. I'm a bit pissed as a Liverpool fan, no, not I to got, see him in and around the squad. I got I'd like to see him get, you know, on him. Yeah, he's going to get 10 Premier League goals mm. this season. Mm. You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Doc, another question. Who will get more goals in your opinion, Pepe or Harry Wilson? Um, are you talking open play goals or just in general? Non-penalties. Um, it's a tough question because it depends if Harry Wilson plays week in, week out in mm. terms of like getting into the Bournemouth starting eleven. because I know he's going to be rotated with Ryan Fraser. But how many does he have at the moment? Three? Three, yeah. And three. how many does Pepe have? He the broke? one penalty. One. Yeah, yeah, but that's excluded right now, right? Yes, so yes. right now it's 3-0. Yes. I think they'll both get a similar amount of goals. I think they'll both be in the region of 10 to 12 Premier League goals. Is okay. Personally, I, that's what I believe. Um. Yeah. So that's that's my view. What do you think? Yeah, it's a tight one. I just said there's different permutations. Is Harry Wilson going to mm. play enough games? Mm. I know Pepe. You know he kind of has to play yeah. with the big financial outlay that um, Arsenal have made on him. But uh, poor Harry Wilson has started off very very well. Mm-hmm. He looks composed. He does look like a Premier League player. You know, Pepe seems to be having a bit of teething issues getting into the Prem, but 
I do suspect at some stage during the um the league he's gonna start racking in the goals. Mm. Yesterday was a good good example or a good moment for him to break his duck and mm-hmm. let's see if he gains confidence from that. I think if he scores twelve Premier League goals from open play, that's pretty good. Like, yeah, of course, not, of course, definitely, that's... definitely. As we said, we've got no agenda against him. I know we posted something midweek of him, you know, training, you know, <laughs> waiting to break his duck, doing extra training, and it seems to have helped. Mm. So yeah. Fair point, fair play. Um so now I think we we've we've covered all the games for the for, for the weekend, haven't we? Yeah. Um cool. Um I guess now the the only thing for us left to do is to move on to prospects of the week. Um just as a reminder of um what this segment actually is. So we are looking at across all of the um the the games of the weekend we're highlighting a Does particular... it just have to be games or... No, no, it, it, it can be anything in football. Anything in football. But the prospect of the week, it starts off with a player who is a seasoned pro or a manager who's or been a figure managing in football. or a figure in football yeah. who's been performing at the top level for some time, but who is making mistakes as though they're on the big stage for the very first time. Mm. So as we always like to say, baggy touches, overhit passes and crosses, uh, moments of madness. Moments of madness. Yeah. yeah. Boy, boy, I'll start us off with yeah. moments of madness mm-hmm. or... My my prospect, you know, he was a coach at um, Newcastle under twenty threes. He's recently been sacked. You know, Peter Beardsley. <laughs> I mean, this is a dinosaur. This is a dinosaur of a guy who, you know, had the temerity to mm-hmm. be calling and abusing players, calling them monkeys. And to this no, day, we no. haven't seen him put out a statement showing, you know, compassion and empathy mm. and apologizing. I mean, these are the people with the warped mindsets of society. Mm-hmm. I mean, people coming as, ah, oh, he should be allowed another way back into football. He's not racist. Come on. If someone mm-hmm. steals something from the shop, you're a theft. You're, you're a thief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If mm. you start saying monkey, you're racist. Yeah. Yes, you can be rehabilitated mm-hmm. through education processes. But this guy, I mean, when you look at him, he just looks like a dinosaur as well. <laughs> and <laughs> thankfully, he's been phased out of the game. He's been given eight months. For me, she's just been given a lifetime out of the game mm-hmm. because football doesn't need people like that. Of course. You know, football's an inclusive game. Mm-hmm. It doesn't discriminate against colour, creeds or, mm. you know, orientation. And, mm-hmm. you know, Peter Beardsley, you're my prospect of the week. And just so, you know, buttress on Deji's point, I just feel that, like, when, when people are racist and they don't accept that they may have caused the offence. I think that's the worst type of racism. Yeah. Where they say it's just a joke or um, I didn't intend to mean it. These people need to have empathy. Mm-hmm. They need to have empathy mm-hmm. with the with the person that's offended. If someone tells you that they feel that that's racist, you need to accept it and try to learn and do better for next time. And where the problem is with Peter Bersley is that there's been no official statement, as they said. Mm-hmm. Apparently, from what I've heard, is that his lawyers have backed him and said that he has done <laughs> nothing wrong in this. Yeah. And... These are the dinosaurs that need to be weeded out of the game. Let's be honest, like he's probably from an era where you know what these that's things the way were they think. acceptable. Yeah, and they say and that's it's what a I'm joke. To say, and that's due to a lack of education. Mm. So for people like that, they shouldn't have a pathway back into the game. These mm. guys need to be banned for life because we need to start educating people better for these sort of instances to be eradicated from the game because it's like a cancer. Mm, and I don't think no other club in their right mind should be touching him. Mm. I mean, they shouldn't. I wanted good, damaged yeah, damage good, good. <laughs> <laughs> defective goods. Yeah. Yeah. 
Fair point. How, how about you, Doc? Who, who do you feel is your, your prospect? You know what? I'm not going to call out Oli. I'm not going to call out Poch. I'm not going to call out Pepe. Pepe. Pepe scored, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to call out any of the Chelsea players or Frank Lampard. By the way, Aspilicueta played really well. I forgot to say that. Mm. So I just wanted to put that out mm-hmm. because a lot of people have said that he's finished, but he delivered a captain's performance mm-hmm. against Liverpool. But my prospect of the week has to be selected from the Man City Watford game, unfortunately. And okay. I mean, when you're losing 8 0, it's. It's embarrassing. It's actually embarrassing, <laughs> to be fair. Um, First off, after the game, didn't seem very embarrassed. He yeah, said like, yeah, it could have been 10-11. Yeah, like, yeah, some like, people, they just resigned yeah, yeah, to defeat. Just said, oh, like, yeah, the, you know, the they irony, just the best team I've ever And I've the ever irony been. is, that's my prospect. <laughs> okay, <laughs> best <laughs> oh. I mean, for that penny, mm. honestly, rocked to a penny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that set what? them on the path to lose. Literally. He dropped it. What are you thinking? Mm. Butch, have you seen it? Yeah. It was a dis- disaster the, class of defending. Some of the worst piece of goalkeeping I've <laughs> ever seen in my life. And I mean, the guy is running out for a goal yeah. kick and you just take him down. And you're saying, no, it wasn't me. I'm innocent. Come on. Perfected. You're my prospect. Fair point. But what about you, man? Do you know what? My prospect of the week is actually taken from the same game. Um, huh? But funnily Ooh. enough, it's not... Um, it's, it's not someone from Watford. My my prospect is actually someone from the city camp. How? 8-0? Yeah. 8-0? Uh, so, we, we, so what we did mention before we went into our prospects was that this can be a figure within football, um, but what they can be called a prospect for doesn't necessarily have to be... On the football pitch. On the football okay, pitch. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Now, taking that into account... I know um, this particular player had an absolute stormer of a game. Patrick. He actually got a hat trick. Mm. Oh, okay. okay. And, and my prospect of the week is Bernardo Silva. And you might ask why. Why is that the case? So off the back of that brilliant performance, scoring the hat trick, taking home the match ball, we see him, whilst we're talk to, on, on the topic of racism, mm-hmm. we see him put out a tweet, which he later comes out and instead of deleting or apologising um, for the tweet, he tries to justify it by saying that he was only joking with a friend. But it was a racist statement. That's what WhatsApp for. Why do you have to go on Twitter? Even, 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 even those jokes space. shouldn't be administered on WhatsApp. And this yeah, is but what you might have a talk- personal relationship yeah. with course, someone. This is you what can... they're just talking about, the warped mindset. Yeah. Mm. This, is, this is it because Bernardo Silva, you've seen that Thousands of people have taken offence to your tweet. Mm-hmm. And you're now defending your tweet saying that you can't joke with people. And the most warped thing about this is that he's kept that tweet up on his Twitter. So he genuinely believes that that sort of joke is acceptable mm-hmm. to the wider audience. Exactly. Which is wrong. Absolutely. That's a racist offence. So as Dej likes to say, if you're a thief or you roll from the stores... Mm-hmm. You're a thief. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, sorry, he, he's a racist. Mm. Bernardo. Yeah, he is. I think that one's a bit more difficult yeah. because I think it was said in jest and he's mm-hmm. obviously yeah, got a relationship is, yeah, this, with, this the, is the problem. with the player. This is the problem. Things that I was saying in jest doesn't mean that it's not racist and you're not racist. I'm not sure. This one's a bit more difficult for me. Um, Bernardo Silva, I it's think not he's as got... black and white. There's a bit yeah. more layers to this one. He's yeah, got a relationship. Want, he said it on the wrong platform. Mm. If you do it over WhatsApp where it's one-to-one and Mendy's mm. laughing or whatever, then fair enough. But the fact that you're doing that in 2019, mm. you know that everyone's easily offended and mm. you're doing it on Twitter you know 
people are going to... And this isn't actually the first instance that he's made a joke exactly, of this kind does. with mm. uh, Mendy. Mm. So I remember Mendy there was also... Though. He hasn't. He laughs along with it. Mm. Yeah, but you know, let's be honest, why not? We don't know how Mendy feels about this. We don't know. He may it may upset him because when I looked at the video about Mendy wearing all black, he kind of looked a bit despondent. I don't mm. think he really liked that joke. L- let's remember but, that they didn't just meet at City; they've had a relationship from, from Monaco. Monaco as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm sure they must have a pretty strong relationship. Mm. Yeah, but these are the things that, like, as friends, you may brush them under the carpet, but you may not like it. Mm. Mendy may have closer friends in the camp that he's probably, you know. Consulted. Yeah, yeah. consulted and said, listen, I don't really like this, but Mm. obviously he's my Mm. boy, so I'm going to allow it to run. You get what I'm trying to say? Mm. But that doesn't mean that the joke is acceptable. Mm. Yeah, to you and I, it's racist. Mm. But -hmm. obviously we're not involved in the relationship. Of course. You might have a friend of a different creed or colour. I just feel that why does does banter have to involve colour? Mm. leave that yeah, it's out true, of it. it's true. like stop yeah. you get what I'm trying to yeah. say and the problem is is that if we have that mindset where we say it's just banter then it's always going to be accepted mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we have that mindset that is banter it's not banter it's unacceptable mm-hmm. behaviour and Bernardo and Silva net, anyone need, that makes that a comment can just, can say, just oh, hide behind oh, yeah, it's true, it's if true, I racially abuse someone mm-hmm. on Twitter I was banter draw the line mm-hmm. Bernardo Silva needs to be punished severely yeah, for what he done on And he won't do that but again. Again, we don't know the relationship, yeah. so it's difficult to comment. This is different to Peter Beardsley, where he was directly trying to cause malice mm-hmm. and hurt. Bernardo said it in jest. There's yeah. a relationship. So it's two different scenarios, in my opinion. This Yeah, but Dad, you said that if you're a thief and you go mm. to the shop mm. and rub something by accident, you still theft. No? Yes, but mm. it's a different dynamic. I, I, I think we have think to be so. clear. I think that there's a relationship. At the end of the day, there's no... It's black and white for me. Mm. It's black and white. I mm. think too many people are making excuses for these kind of jokes and mm. I don't like it and I've had enough and I'm sick and tired of it. No, mm. I, I hear it. I understand why you're visibly upset. I see your eyes. Honestly, because... Yeah. I know Bush likes to use the word stringent. There needs to be a stringent, <laughs> yeah. robust approach mm-hmm. to nip this plague in the bud mm-hmm. because it's rearing its ugly head mm. week in, week out. And I'm sick and tired of it. I'm falling out of love with the game. Do you know what? This will be, definitely be one that will be interesting to hear the views and the um, thoughts of uh, the people that follow our, our, our Twitter mm-hmm. handle. So I am going to use this opportunity to, uh, to plug our Twitter if you, if you haven't yet started following us. Please do follow us at podcast underscore TBG. Boys, I hate ending, ending this podcast on a sour note, man. But yeah, it's sad, it's, but it's, it's issues need sick. to be addressed. And I, I know course. this is probably a debate that some people might think it's racist. It's not. But yeah. again, it's um, we don't want racist incidents in yeah, football. Yeah, yeah. Football is an inclusive sport. We're inclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, we accept anyone onto this of platform. Course, and, course. you know, that's the way society has got to be. And when you've got leading figures in the game coming out and, you know, doing stupid acts. Yeah. You know, it's a step backwards and ignorance absolutely absolutely so please we we would love to hear um your thoughts and 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 views on on this topic um guys was was it uh made in jest uh is bernardo silva uh a racist in your in your view in your opinion um what do you think think he's racist so i i don't think he's racist Mm -hmm. i think it was a very ignorant uh comment i think what makes it worse is the fact that he hasn't held his ha- hands mm. up to apologize. No accountability. You know that no accountability. That for me is what is the the worst thing about it all. Um, so, Bud, where, where do we draw the line to say someone is racist? That's that's the problem I intent. have. Intent. I think you intent. can't. It's not. It's not about intent. If you for me, it if is you, I, like Peter Beardsley, racist. 
Mm. You're trying to cause malice. Mm. You're causing malice to someone. You're offending them based on the colour of their skin. Mm. You know, um, and, and, with Bernardo and that's Silva. what Bernardo Silva is doing. He's offending millions of black people because of the color of their skin. So that is racist. There's no two I, ways I about it. He's what, offended what, me. Mm. He's offended everyone on this mm-hmm, table. Mm-hmm, Correct mm-hmm, me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that is a racist act. So think, you are a racist. I think he done it on the wrong platform. Mm-hmm. If you do it over WhatsApp and Mendy's doing crying faces, ha ha ha, cool. But he made the big error in showing it to millions of people, yeah. and and he's been vilified and rightly so. That's it. So please do. I mean, if you guys feel strongly about it and you want you want to share your your opinion on it, please make sure you use the the hashtag TBG Pod. Um, you know, we, we we'd be happy to put out a, a tweet or a poll or whatever just to 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 see what you guys think about it. But I think it is definitely one that uh, uh, will stick for a little while. And 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 you know, just like what Dot Dot mentioned, uh, it has touched quite a few people. And 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 um, you know. A lot of people are sharing their 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 views on it and and aren't happy about it. So we we'll we would love to find out from you guys what you think. Thank you for listening up until this point in time. Uh, please do share the episode with your uh, work colleagues, your friends, your family members um, amongst your uh, WhatsApp uh, chats. Um, make sure, as I already mentioned, you follow the platform. Uh, on Apple Podcasts, please help us with a review. Give us a five-star rating. Um, and there are multiple platforms when you're sharing it with your, with your people, let them know we're on Apple podcasts. Let them know we're on SoundCloud. We're on Spotify. Um, we're on Instagram as well. We're, we're trying to grow our, um, our, our following, uh, across that too. Um, like, like we mentioned before, and we're going to continue to mention every single time we have a different milestone on Twitter. Now the next goal is 700 yep. and we have to rely on you guys to help us to do that, man. So help us to continue. You guys are listening are part of the family as well. You know, we may not have ever met before. Yep. We may not have, do you understand? Yep. But still, if you're listening really, into us, if you're yeah. supporters of our, of our, of our platform, then you're part of the family as well. You're part of the movement. Yeah. We so read can, every single comment. This yeah, is it. Every. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, We just want to thank you yet again and we'll catch you on the next episode, man. Over and out. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.